Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. Today, our, our text comes from the gospel reading, reading of the lectionary. So the lectionary is guiding us through. It's a longer passage today, um, coming from Luke chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 15, or if you have your devices, point them in that direction. Um, it's a familiar parable of Jesus, the parable of the lost son, which I'm not sure is the right title, but that's the one that seems to have gotten the most traction. Um, but parable of the lost son from from Luke chapter 15. I'm actually going to read verses 1 through 3 and then skip down over to different parables to um, verse 11. Um, And I'm actually going to stop it at verse 24, although the parable goes further, but there's just so much in this parable. We just couldn't get to it all. And, you know, we could have been here till 2 o'clock and I didn't want to have to put you through that. So um, our reverence for the reading of God's word, if you're willing and able, would you please stand? Again, this is a longer passage. So if you're feeling like been on your feet enough already? We totally understand that. A reading today from Luke chapter 15. All of the tax collectors and sinners were gathered around Jesus to listen to him. Pharisees and legal experts were grumbling, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable, skipping down to 11b. A certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estate between them. Soon afterward, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in that country, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his field to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food? But I am starving to death. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I, am no longer, or I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. Well, he was still a long way off. His father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting, because the son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He he was lost and is now found. And they began to celebrate. 
this the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please be seated. Well, this is a familiar parable, is it not? How many of you have heard the parable of the prodigal son before? Raise a quick hand. Okay, many of you. Yes, this is familiar. That's good. Um, this might be too much of a stretch, but this might be the most familiar parable of Jesus. Um, I drive a car that sometimes has little people in the back of it, and one of the things that we like about this car is it has a DVD player. And in the DVD player recently has been um, VeggieTales version of the wonderful Wizard of Haas, H-A-apostrophe-S. The wonderful Wizard of Haas is a story, the story of the prodigal son. Uh, the story of Darby, the youngest son who, who asks for wealth, asks for money, asks for resources to go to the wonderful world of Haas, the land of Haas. And this story has been told time and time again um, in short stories, popular movies. You can probably think of a story about a son that wanders off or a daughter that wanders, wanders off and eventually comes back home. This motif has been used over and over again in telling stories. But as we consider this story as told here in the Gospel of Luke by Jesus, we begin to realize just how important this parable is, how, how central it is. Um, one, one commentator, David Neal, writes how this narrative is, is the longest reported parable in Jesus' whole ministry. This one takes up the most words, takes up the most verses. We didn't even read them all. I didn't want you to get too tired standing up, so I didn't know. I just didn't want to get to the last part. But, but it's important. It spends a lot of time describing this passage. He also describes this passage as being at the very center, physically at the very center of the Gospel of Luke, and theologically. This is what Luke was trying to say. This is the message of Jesus right here. This story encapsulates and is important enough to be not only central to the story, but central to the meaning, to the theology of what the Gospel of Luke, what the writer of the Gospel of Luke wanted to say. He quotes uh, Ramarosan, who describes this as the heart of the third gospel, like a centerpiece, like the center of attention, the thing that shows off God the best here in the Gospel of Luke. But in the midst of this parable, there are two glaring insults that come along with this story. And likely you've heard them. Likely you've talked about them. Likely you've reflected on them. The first is the idea of the younger son wanting his inheritance early. You see, for the son, I think the world was enticing. I think there were lots of shiny, glittery things that were out beyond the borders of his father's land. The stories of exotic places, stories of interesting people and interesting things to do. <laughs> Certainly a lot more interesting than life on the farm. Life on the farm was getting old. Life on the farm was getting tired. You know, for sons and daughters, life can get old in Mountain Home. <laughs> Life working for the family business can get a little bland. Life can get a little ordinary and a little monotonous. But this son wanted excitement, wanted something extraordinary, wanted, wanted a little spice, wanted a little pizzazz to his routine. 
And he said, ha, 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 I know, I know how to, I know how to do it. This was a huge cultural insult to the father and, and to the other members of the family as well. To the, to, to the legacy and to the heritage that this family would have, this would have significant impact. A vast majority of the wealth uh, for people of Israel was found in their family's land. And, and to, to request this would, would, would mean that this object of value had to be sold. This, this land needed to be parceled up. Um, the, oldest, the oldest heir, of the, the oldest son of the family traditionally got twice the amount of inheritance of the other. So if these were the only two sons, and we don't know that to be the case, there could be more, but if they were the only two, then this had to be divided into thirds and one-third of the land sold off. And it's wealth given to this youngest son. And, there, and there's no discussion. I find this interesting. It's not part and parcel to the story at this point, but, but what was the father thinking in that moment? His son coming to him saying, I don't want to stick around. In fact, I even want to wait for you to die. Can I have my inheritance now? Those were the implications that N.T. Wright talked about, saying, Dad, I, just, I wish you were dead, and so let's just pretend you are, and I'll take my money now. I want to leave. I want to get out of here. I want to see the world. Mountain home's too windy. Get me out of here. <laughs> He's not only taking his share at the present moment, but also reducing the productivity, the future prosperity for the father, for the family, for the mothers and siblings. And he, said, he says, I'm out of here. Any reading of this story begs the question, when were your prodigal years? When were my prodigal years? Did you have a period of life, a season of growing up, or, or maybe a little after growing up, where you, where you just kind of wandered off in your own direction. said, I want to go see the world. There's lots of bright and shiny and exciting things out there. And I want to try them out. And we made poor choices. And we walked on our own path. I understand the younger son. The appeal is real. The temptation can be strong. The unfamiliar and the, and the thing you've never experienced before can call to us. can call to us like, like sirens from the, the epic story of the Odyssey, right? I just want to hear what they sound like. Tie me to the mast so I won't be tempted. I want to be the only one who's ever heard this because it's that new experience if only my life looked like her Instagram. If only I had all of his toys. The second unthinkable insult that occurs in this story happens to the younger son. Uh, when he had used up all his resources, the text makes it clear, a famine strikes the land. There's, there's a food shortage. Just when he had spent his money, just when he had run out and his friends had said, yeah, you don't got the cash, I'm out of here. It says a, a food shortage, a famine hit this foreign land. And when he needed the backup of his family, when he needed the support of those who loved him most, when he, when he needed to be around people who would not ever say, 
yeah, I'm done with you. They weren't there because he had shunned them and he had rejected them. And with no food and with no means, it says he hired himself out to a foreigner. And he was asked to feed the pigs. The kids have little pigs today. I don't know if any of them are out there, but they've got little... There you go. Thanks, Caden. Can you put your fingers in in the... I think you put your fingers in the nostrils and then you can kind of wiggle its head back. I don't know. Anyway. This is the second insult. This is the second insult of this story. Forced to feed pigs. Pigs were holy, completely unclean, not to be touched in the, in the Israelite community, not to be raised, definitely not to be eaten. I don't, even, I, don't, I don't even think we understand the severity of this insult in the culture in which we live today. In this dramatic turn, the younger son is jealous of the pigs and the food that he's been hired to feed them. Looking at the slop that he's throwing to these unclean, untouchable animals saying, I wish I had that much to eat. I wish someone would just pick me up. I wish I could live their life. Can you imagine that low? Some of us can. In the end, it says, but no one gave him anything. Have you been that low? Has life gotten that dark in your wandering? And how long did you stay there? I wonder that. The, the parable doesn't say how long the youngest son stayed there. Was it immediate? Was it like that first day throwing that slop on the ground saying, no way? Or did he have to sit there for a while? Did that pride and that independence and that stubborn streak inside of him say, Ah, maybe I can maybe I can get through. Why? Why when we get to our lowest point is it so hard for us sometimes to ask for help? To ask for help and to, to go back. For me it's it's this self sufficiency, right? This this independence, this I got this. I wanna pull myself up. I wanna I wanna get through it. I'd rather feed the slop to the pigs and be jealous of the pigs than humble myself. I'd rather land on the bottom of that barrel. <laughs> Everything is fine. This is fine. Have you seen the meme of like the flames rising around the dog that's sitting at the kitchen table drinking his coffee? Everything's fine. This is fine. This is the younger son sitting at the table pretending everything's fine with the house on fire. This has been me on too many occasions. This has been me. My natural response, my natural inclination is to say, I got this. I want to humble myself. I love Jesus' next line. In the Common English Bible, the one we read, it says this, When he came to his senses. When he came to his senses. A lot of people in this world are, are stuck in that place, stuck in their own pain with their own stubbornness caused by their own rebellion and needing that line in their lives, needing to come to their senses. And when the younger son gets to this point, it's when, 
it says he began his journey back to his father, again with a plan. He had a plan. He, was gonna, he, was gonna, he had this line. I wonder how many times he practiced it on the way back to his father's farm. Father, I've, for, I've sinned against heaven and you. I am no longer, no longer worthy to be called a son. Can I work for you? Can I be one of your hired hands? Because I need to survive. I can't be jealous of pigs and no one giving me anything. I have to come to my senses. Here's my plan. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. Can I work for you? At least maybe that way I can survive. It's the beauty of the father's reaction that anchors this story. It's the father's reaction that... that the theology of God is built upon. It's the reaction of the Father to this Son that teaches us and is the grounding piece of explaining who God is in this gospel. God is the Father whose, whose eyes are set on the horizon, waiting for the return of His child. We don't have to wait. We don't have to wonder. What, what will God think? How will God respond? How will God react? <laughs> he doesn't leave us hanging. As we, as we crest the horizon and, and, and view the farm and see a glimpse of that former life that we had, we see this familiar small figure taking off from the house, running towards us running towards us at a speed. We're not, we're not sure the father's supposed to run that fast. We're, we get a little concerned for dad because he's running a little too fast. My sons like to call me old man. The son's saying, whoa, slow down, old man. Be careful. Don't hurt yourself. We don't have to wonder. That's God's reaction to us that when we crest the horizon, when we come back to the place where we were intended to be, God's original design for us, it says that the father runs for us. This is the extravagance of God. This is the picture of God's love that the whole gospel of Luke is built upon. And the son, <laughs> I love this, he starts his speech. Father, I've, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Do you have a... Like start, he doesn't even get to the third sentence. He doesn't get to the ask. It's like the father cuts him off. <laughs> like a father who had been in tears, who had been running, who was out of breath, got, let him get the first two sentences out, but he didn't even get the third sentence out. Didn't get a chance to say, can I work for you? Instead, the, fa the father collects himself. He says, get the robe. Apparently, the servants are running after him in case you know the old man did, did have an event. Okay, because the servants were there. He tells the servants, get the robe, get the ring, get the sandals. It's going to be a bad day for the fattened calf. Because it's party time. Because it's party time. Because the sun has returned. This becomes the centerpiece for the gospel. And really, the centerpiece of our understanding of God for the truly penitent, for the one who says, 
gone the wrong way. I've, <laughs> I've come to my senses. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I don't want to be jealous of the pigs. For the truly penitent, for those who repent, who, who turn and walk another way, say, I'm going to live life differently. God stands with eyes to the horizon, awaiting that moment and ready to celebrate. God longs to say, we must celebrate with feasting because this daughter of mine was dead. Let's come back to life. It's just like Gary read earlier in the other scripture passage. If anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away. And look, new things have arrived. Amen? What a difference for this younger son. What a difference for the life that... He could lead. I want to be part of that new creation of what God is doing in this world. It's pretty plain to see why these, these scripture passages are linked together uh, in, in the lectionary this week. When that son returned, when the old had gone and new things have, had arrived, <laughs> literally in this story, the robe, the ring, the sandals, new things are here. His identity restored to the family of the Father. And that's our story too, isn't it? That's our story too. Our, our identity restored to be the people we were meant to be. And today as we gather in this place, um, we're going to celebrate that incredible grace of God in one of the most poignant and powerful ways that I know of by serving communion and joining together for the Eucharistic meal. I'm going to ask the praise team and those who are prepared to serve communion to us this morning to come forward and prepare. This story is all about separations. This story is about separating from where we were meant to be. The property is separated from the owner, the father, the family. The younger son is, is separated from his country, sent to this foreign land where apparently they raised pigs and fed pigs and ate pigs, and then he ended up there. It's separated from his money. He wasted it. He threw it all away. It says on extravagant living. He lost his purity, this whole tradition by, by this job that he had working with those pigs. He lost his family, his means. Compassion was gone from his life. He lived a hard life. He hit the bottom of the barrel. But the story ends as a tale of return and restoration. The story ends with the coming back together. The story ends with this beautiful picture of the father running to the wayward son. And that's what this table offers. <laughs> that's why we serve communion. And that's why we serve open communion. This could be the moment where you're like, I, I don't want to live this way anymore. I want to come to my senses today. Jesus, help me today. And set me free. I'm tired of living this way. That's why in the Church of the Nazarene we serve open communion. If today you say, I I've been walking my own way. Life just isn't making sense. 
I'm sick and tired of this. Today you can say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Come back to the Father whose eyes are set on the horizon waiting to run to us, saying, bring the ring, bring the robe, bring the sandals. For my son, my daughter, who was lost, has been found. He or she who was dead has now come back to life. At our church, we uh, serve communion by um, intinction, which means uh, you kind of come forward and receive bread on your hands, um, and then you take it and dip it in the cup. If you'd like to be served that way, um, please approach the person who's holding the plate. Um, we also have prepackaged elements for people who are concerned for whatever reason, and you can approach the person holding the cup and um, get those elements and partake of those back at your table if that's more comfortable, comfortable for you. Um, the bread that we do serve is uh, safe for those with gluten sensitivities. Um, but today, as you partake in this ritual, I want you to think about the younger son. But mostly I want you to think about the father. This parable isn't about the prodigal son. This story is about the love of a father and his willingness his open arm willingness to receive us as we return to him. As we participate in communion, I say the table is set. The invitation is given. Come and dine. God, you are so good. You are that father that runs to us. The open arms, the world needs to see this picture of God for the penitent sons and penitent daughters who come back to Him. God, Your arms are open, ready to bring the ring, to bring the robe, and bring the sandals, and restore us to what was intended, what was originally designed for us. Lord, may that be the message of our church. May that be the message that's sent. May this, may this central, the central theological picture of God that, that we find here in Luke, may the centrality of it capture our hearts, capture our attention. For you are a good God, proven our life over and over again. May that be our picture of you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The world is so used to shame and embarrassment, keeping us in the pit with the pigs, being jealous of the slop that we feed them. The world is used to a harshness of a father who might say, well, you kind of sort of got yourself into this mess, kiddo. Today, may we hear the words of Jesus in our ears, not so with you. May our picture of God be full of something different, full of this picture of the father who responds to the prodigal son. Instead, when we find ourselves with the pigs, we run to the father. Instead, when we, as we consider God, may we see a parent who runs to us with open arms. As I pray a prayer of benediction, I'm going to invite you to stand where you are and extend your hands just as a physical reminder of... Uh, of receiving this benediction. 
And then after the benediction, I'm going to give some quick instructions for those who are wanting to stay for lunch. Lord, remind us that you are already ready to receive us. That at our lowest moments, we can come to our senses and turn to you, come to you, and be received back as daughters and sons. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us. And have a great week.